Hey y'all, it's Rebecca with Created to Connect and we are doing our third week of suffering. Thank you all so much for listening. We will try to keep it um, shorter, but we can't make any promises because this is so good that it might draw out longer than we thought. So please just bear with us and um, we hope that you enjoy um, week two of suffering. So I am here with Amy and Angela and Rachel, my twin, joining us today. And we do not have Ashley, which breaks our hearts, but um, I know she's always so influential in these conversations. So we miss you, Ashley. But um, let's go ahead and look at number one. So last week we read James 1, 1, 2, I'm sorry, James 1, verses 2 through 4. Um, does anybody, let's see, do y'all have your Bibles on you? Want me to read it? Could you, do you mind just briefly yeah, yeah. going through that real quick? Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Thank you so much. So we talked about um, the different qualities, um, and we talked about joy last week, and we didn't get to really go into this too much, but I want to focus on that this week. Let's define joy, y'all. Um, just like a, a standard definition of joy. Did anybody look that up? Um, I didn't look up joy, but um, when you were talking about the difference in joy and happiness on this sheet, I noticed that joy, what he's talking about is that it's active. It's a choice. It's not just, you know, something that happens to us. All right. One of the things that I found uh, when I was researching it was that joy was... internal and Mm. happiness is external Mm. based on circumstances. Oh, I like that. I I got that too. And I also got that um, joy is always accessible. So it's always there. It's something that we get from our relationship with God. So Mm. we can always access joy, but happiness is just a temporary fleeting emotion that comes from external circumstances. That's exactly how we're fleeting too. And I, the, I looked up just a basic definition of joy, and it was it said a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. And it, the minute I read that, y'all, I thought of Psalm sixteen eleven. Um, In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So your presence, that's where there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand, so when I am in your presence, that's where my pleasure is. And so to a feeling of great pleasure and happiness to me is such a great definition of joy when it's because it's found in God. He is that source. I found this by John Piper that I thought was really cool. He defined joy as Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the word and in the world. Mm, that's good. Oh, I, I thought that. that was good. I loved it. I read something else that I had a little note right here that it said um, joy is often based or comes out of suffering and sacrifice. Something produced out of yeah. suffering and sacrifice. So that was, I thought that was oh, yeah, that really tied in. difference between happiness and joy. Because happiness is something that comes from something kind of unexpectedly good, good that happens. Right. And this is something that comes out of a process mm, of going through suffering very, and sacrifice. Yeah. So no one says like, oh, I'm so happy today I have cancer. Right. right. Exactly. You know? like, exactly. A process. So we're getting, you know, it's a process like you said, and it's a choice like Amy said. So joy is obviously a much deeper concept than happiness, right? Which is fleeting. So number two, question number two is what we're looking at now. And endurance and perseverance are used interchangeably with patience in this scripture in James. So how do these two words 
expand your definition of patience. Like for me, throwing mine out there, I immediately, oh, I think of an athlete. Um, and I think of anyone doing any type of like a obstacle course, like those people who do the crazy obstacle <laughs> courses where they like Ninja Warriors and stuff, all those. Um, or an athlete doing a, a marathon or something that takes endurance where it's like they know they're going to get weary. They know they're going to get thirsty. They're going to get hungry. They're going to get um, roadblocked by different types of things that are going to get in their way that try to, they're going to have mental distractions, physical distractions. Sometimes they've got to jump over walls and bounce off of things and swing around. And they do all of this because they know that the end is coming, right? And they know the end will be glorious. When I thought about it as a runner and an endurance runner, I think of patience kind of as a, it's passive in my mind. But with endurance, all the planning, the discipline, everything mm-hmm. that comes, it's very active to endure for a long time. Planning, like you said, your nutrition. Mm-hmm. So in when it comes to our faith, the endurance, it's the long haul. It's mm-hmm. the slow and steady wins the race. It's being in your word, discipline in your word, discipline in your prayer, discipline, you know, in your... I love that approach, like... You're preparing for it. You're right. training for it. Right. It's like what we talked about. It's, it's a marathon. Our walk with God is a marathon. Right. It's not a sprint. Yeah. It's a process. And I was looking up. I was trying to understand the difference between endurance and perseverance. And I thought it was really cool because I came across this um, website that was talking about it. And it said, um, I wish I could remember what it was. But endurance air comes from a situations that test your training and resolve. But says, but perseverance is being faced with adversity beyond your training that requires growth. Oh, wow. That's, good. That's pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah, like, it it, like, perseverance is, like, a step beyond. Endurance is more about a measure of your stamina or resolve, like, what you already have. Right. And then perseverance is when you're in a situation that requires you to go beyond what you can cope with. Mm, and, like, good. that there's going to have to be growth there for you to expand enough to get to a new place. Uh, like and, and by growth, that means pain. Yeah. <laughs> when is it not painful to grow? You know, it always is in every situation. Oh, yeah. I ended up looking at the definition of these two because it is kind of confusing. So on the endurance, it says the power of enduring without giving way. And then perseverance was steadfast in doing something, which they're both active. But one Mm -hmm. is, you know, actively power of an enduring and then being steadfast while you're in it. Mm. So just to piggyback off of what you were saying, Rachel. I love that. So I think, don't y'all feel like that? I love like that we pull in different words because I feel like, my like you said, I think of patience as like sit back and be patient. Mm-hmm. Like it's so much deeper than that. Yes. It's an active planning, mm-hmm. active. Um, standing firm and pushing through. You're literally it's mm-hmm. pushing through something. It's not just something where you're sitting back and doing nothing. It requires moving forward, right? And I I love that. So let's look at number three. How did these various trials um, from the James scripture? How did the, he talks about? Um, we're going we're going to go through these various types of trials. How does this test our faith? But starting with testing, what does that mean by that? You know, the first thing I thought of was like the test that we take in school, the standardized test, and how testing really is just supposed to reflect what have we learned? Like, mm. where are we? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How much more do we need to learn? Like, you know, where are, are we in the learning process? And like, it's not like it's uh it's always perfect under the test but it's just a, a baseline okay like i'm weak in this area i'm strong in this area mm-hmm. and that's yes. what i thought about with tests like actual what are tests used for mm-hmm. to see where your skills are i mean 
kind of makes sense that that's what it's perfect sense. So what is, why is he, so how do they test our faith? So he's doing what? He's showing us, giving us situations that say, okay, how are you going to handle this? How your answer to this, to this trial or to this question is going to reflect where you stand in your spiritual maturity. Mm. Well, it's foundational, right? Because you're going to have to continue to go through things that you don't want to go through so you can look back and see that God delivered you. Mm -hmm. Therefore, that gives you hope in your endurance and hope in your trial because you know that he's already delivered you from X, Y, and Z. So that's why we have to go through these things. It's an outward reflection of what we inwardly believe. Mm -hmm. So if we're tested... And we stand firm and we're joyful in it, then we can see and others can see what we believe, what we say we believe in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Whereas, do you ever think about Exodus 2 with the test? That's I popped in my head just now sitting here. I'm like thinking about how they were in the wilderness for 40 years because they, they kept, taken 11 kept like. failing the same test over and <laughs> right. over and over again. I'm like, dang, I don't want to take 40 years to pass a yeah. test because it really is. It's like God saying, okay. Are you going to pass this test? I'm seeing if you're going to pass this test. Like, can we go to the next stage of our growth, relationship yeah. and growth? Right. And they're like, no, I think I'll just, I think we'll just walk around this mountain for 40 years. It took, that would take a week and a half, but we're just going to right. hang out here for 40 years. But we all do that though. I mean, we find something that we're comfortable in, a sin or a habit mm, that right. we're comfortable in. And you tend to go back to it because you know it so well. And it's so comfortable. Mm, Israel, yes. uh, they were comfortable in Egypt. They were comfortable being slaves. Yes. Because it was dysfunctional comfort. They yeah. asked to go back. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Why did you take us out of there? We had good food there. Did you forget that you were slaves? Right. You know, so easily we forget what, what he's brought us out of. And interestingly that Amy ha- just said this because this leads us to num- the question number four. I feel like she just answered it. What does it mean um, for us to be made complete, lacking nothing? So that's what we just talked about. Okay, so we're getting tested to see where our faith stands. So why is it important for us to be made complete, for us to be lacking nothing? And what does that mean? I mean, first of all, to if he if he's saying that we need to be made complete, we're in a state of incompletion right now. We are we have unfinished business. <laughs> you right. know, that he's so we already know that that our the ultimate goal is sanctification. Um to where we will be made fully into his likeness and that's to me, that's what I think of when I think made complete is who we were supposed to be in completeness before sin the came in. Right. To the so world. that's who we're getting. We're being transformed, you know, from a state of glory to the next state of glory. With every trial, we go from glory to glory, right? So to me, when Amy just said that, she was like, it's just, it's for the next thing. What were you saying about that? It was Okay, I think of it, Amy, it reminds me like our school, right? So we have these modules we have to do to move on to the next one. And the thing is that it's foundational. We start with the the baby steps and we're building up to get before we can get to the specific real hard things because we got to get that foundation. And to me, I think of it the same way when it says complete lacking nothing. Well, until we complete a module, we can't move on to the next one. If we were not to complete that and try to move on, we would be in deep trouble because we would have no idea what we were doing. And it could be anything in life with school and just, there's so many analogies that are simple, but just if we don't finish that area, 
we will not be prepared for the next. We won't have the foundation. Yes. Right. And the that's what it's doing for us. And I just, to me, that's such a simple way to think about it. Like, okay, Becca, yeah, you're going through this and I'm not bringing you out of this until I have completed the work I'm doing in this area. Don't get out too soon because if I send you back out, you're going to fail and run back with your tail between your legs. And that's what happens every time when I try to step ahead of him and I don't let him complete that work in me. Mm-hmm. And isn't he gracious how you can look back and see how, like, I gave you little, ba- like, you see yes. how the trials, even though they felt so big then compared to what you're dealing with now. Like, you see how he was so gracious and starting with small things and, like, yes. the trials kind of keep growing yep. because it's taking us to new levels. But, like, mm-hmm. if we hadn't earned that, or not earned, but found that faith and trust in him in the small trials we wouldn't and built up on it slowly through each trial getting bigger and bigger we wouldn't be able to handle that now so like I could never handle 10 years ago the trials I'm going through now he knew we had to like my trust in him grew through the little things that slowly led up to the bigger things Mm. and like just that's his grace yes So let's look at, y'all, I'm obsessed with the Hebrews 12. And the thing is, it's been, when I tell you since last week, that it has been coming to me from so many different people and and readings and random clips in my email and my other Bible study. This was like a random verse they pulled out. It wasn't, we're on Matthew, but they started talking about Hebrews. And I'm like, okay, Lord, this is a message that you want us to get across to people that specifically for myself. Yeah. Um, does anybody have the verse on them, the Hebrews 12, 1 through 3? I have it. Let me read it. Yeah, go ahead. Therefore, since we were surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that, clo- that, that clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, for who the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We read the next one. Actually, you know what? We can do that in just a second. That's like my, wait, let's see. Do it, uh, uh, yeah, you can go ahead and read that. If okay. We'll continue just a verse. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. That's the one, y'all. Verse three, consider him. Anyways, we'll get to that in the next question. But wow, this verse, this scripture passage is so amazing. So how are we to, so what does it tell us? How are we to run this race? With joy. And endurance. 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 What does he tell, what else does he tell us to do in the scripture? What does he tell us to fix our eyes on? To Jesus. So we get, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. He shows us the model of how to do that. Look at what he did, and that's what we're doing. Can I pop in and just say that I had to, this was on my heart this morning because I had to go get this little mouth surgery that was really anxiety-inducing because, well, it's like burning flesh, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> and um, and that's just not my thing. And I'm, like, sitting there, and I'm doing going over this because I know we're doing this thing today, and I'm, like, reading all this, and I'm thinking, okay, like, this is, like, such a perfect practical example because I'm going through this anxiety and like this process that was painful and weird and something <laughs> that you, you don't want to do because I know what's coming after. Like, I'm like, I know this is going to be help me. It's going to look good. The joy that's coming from what I went through this morning 
was what made it worth it for me to sit in that discomfort for two hours today. And I was like, that's just a small version of what God's saying. Like when you're in those moments, we know we have to focus on the reward that's coming from that. Even if it's just knowing God more, it doesn't have to be an earthly reward. If it's knowing God more, trusting him more, seeing him, more of him. Or how about just knowing where we're joy. going after this? Exactly. Right. But but like, eternity. Yeah. But even there's, I think there's just, we know that there's more than just eternity that we're gaining through our situations. Like he's producing something in us. And like that is, it's going to be worth, we're always going to look back and say it's worth it if we do it, if we suffer right. And I think we talked about this last week and it's really just changed my perspective is changing our focus. Like we talked about seeing it as an opportunity yeah. instead of like, oh, it's perception. Yeah. And it just is, I've really been trying to do that and it is a game changer. Like if you're yeah. just looking at the bigger picture or the better hope, the, or how Jesus knew the suffering was going to be horrible, but he knew the reward was so great. So he went through it um, much better, of course, than we could ever do. But like you're saying, just in in the little things, you can control, you know, your thoughts and those. Good things are hard. It's like we talked about the baby and having babies. Like being pregnant and birthing a child, it's like that's not easy. But like we keep doing it because (laughs) the joy overrides. It's almost like it erases your memory once the joy is there. And, you know, that's with a lot of things. You ever look back on the hardest times of your life? And, like, for me, like, the hardest mental seasons I've ever gone through, like, severe anxiety and depression, I'm like, those are actually, I cherish. I look yeah. back with fondness. True. And it's like, there's moments that I cherish because me and God were so close. And I'm like, no. I, those, were, like those are time. precious. Those mm-hmm. should be the worst memories of my life. And somehow I can look back on them with um, as precious. Like, oh. that is just how... It works, and it's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank God. Well, we just basically answered that question. Then, y'all, so what motivated Jesus to endure his death on the cross in that verse? What was the motivation said for the what? The joy that was coming. Okay, the joy that was set before him. What is that joy, y'all? Us. Awesome. Us. We are his joy. Mm-hmm. He saw having us. with him. Like, he's like, amazing. they're going to be with me. Yeah. That was the joy that was set before him. Like, that gives me chills. To know that I was the joy. Like, he thought of me. He saw my face and was like, I want to be with Rebecca. I want Rebecca to be with me. That where I am, there she'll be in her, in her mansion that I have prepared for her. All right, so I'm saying you don't have to be a mansion. I just want a little ranch, God. <laughs> a little cottage or mountains. I'm kidding. <laughs> but really, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. Like, this was important to him, y'all, to have us there. And I just think that's so moving. Um, so... Looking at number four, and this, like, made me so emotional even talking about this um, over in my own mind and just pondering it. So when we look um, at that verse three, and this is what has stood out to me for a whole week. Consider him who endured such opposition against himself from sinners, lest you grow weary in your mind. So he's saying, when, consider what he did. Consider what he's done for you when you start to get weary. Like we have something and by considering, considering is to ponder and meditate on, to sit there and reflect on something. So something I hope that everybody will do if they're going over this questionnaire is to really like stop for just a minute alone, close your eyes and, and y'all, let's just think about what he endured for us. We'll see. Let's just start with the fact he left heaven. That's what I, that's where I went. I was like, heaven. Yeah. To being, you know, 
the creator of the universe and a king to being a lowly, no-named, not special child born in a stable, living a very middle, lower class life with family that struggled, that was from a place where no one cared about. Um, and, and not to mention that, let's talk about how he was faced with all the same temptations and all the same struggles that we're faced with and did it without sinning, y'all. Can I read the scripture? Because it was Absolutely. really good about him leaving heaven. Um, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. Philippians 2, 5 through 7. Oh my gosh, that's so good. What is that verse? Philippians 2, 5 through 7. It's the new living. That is so good. Oh my gosh, and I was just thinking, me, how nervous I was today, like shaking and like sweating a little bit, which I know that's sad. But, <laughs> <sighs> um, I just hope you were I'm there. just thinking, like that nervousness of the anticipation of what's coming. And it's hard to talk about without crying, but like, he was so nervous, he was sweating blood. Y'all, I know. Yeah. Like, that kind of anxiety. Like, <sighs> that's deep. That is. It is. And it, all you had to do was snap your fingers to get out of it. Right. He knew he could escape like, it. Like, he and could he did just it. snap his fingers. But it was for us that he didn't. And I just think that's. Oh, that's actually, it's hard to think What about. else? I, it's hard to fathom because, what, I mean, when would you be in a situation like that? I try to think about that. I, I do. Okay, I'm holding on to my child, and if she fell, she would die. So, could I have the endurance to do that? Right. And, I mean, you don't want to go there, but that's where he was. And this is for the rest of the world. This is for generations to come. It's insane. I don't, without being God himself, I do not know how you can even relate. You can't even know. You can't. Yeah. You can't relate to this. We could never relate to this. I mean, we can try, but even when we do our little scenarios, I mean, it's I, it's still unfathomable, isn't I it? I know. Even if from a human mindset that you would that you would endure so much. Not only yes for believers, y'all, but for people who will never receive him, for people who mocked him, people who trash his name, people who hate him. I mean, he did it for them too. I mean. I don't even want to do stuff for people I love sometimes, like let alone people that don't love me or that reject me. Well, even those close to him, he was doubted by his friends. Betrayed. Betrayed (laughs) by by one of his own disciples. Betrayed. Right. Rejected by his community. Um, Mocked. All the time. And so, and then I felt like the hardest one was when he's on the cross and he calls out. Why have you forsaken me? And it's silent. Because, see, we don't ever have to be separated from God. He was right. He was separated from God so that we don't ever have to be. We don't ever, we don't know what it feels like. Once Romans 8, 38 through 39, nothing, so neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities, and it lists all those things, nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. It's in Christ Jesus because Christ Jesus was separated he took our from his Father, of whom he had never been separated from because of our sin and paid that penalty in hell for us and had that spiritual separation from his father that he had dwelled with from before the beginning of time because they had been together with no beginning. I mean, you think about that separation that, and because he was separated, y'all, no matter how scary this world gets, 
we will never be separated from his love. No matter how crazy our brains get, we think we're losing our minds or we're, you know, terrified or something feels like it's taken mental possession of us. Nothing can separate us from his love. When I had COVID, I literally said that like a hundred times because my brain was so inflamed and I felt like I couldn't connect like with God on like a spiritual level because I just had so much swelling and I was like in fight or flight mode so bad. And I just remember I kept saying this first, nothing can separate you from my love. Nothing can separate you from my love. Like I know, even if I don't feel it, I knew he was there. And so for that Jesus did that for us, I don't ever, y'all, I don't ever want to feel that feeling. Mm -mm. I can't even stand the feeling of feeling like I'm separated from his love. Don't you think that's what hell is? Makes me, makes me think about that. That what's the worst part of hell. You're in complete separation from God. Oh my goodness. Yes. Like I can't, the the fire part burned me. I mean, (laughs) that's not as bad as being separated from God. I do think it's that. I think it's full separation. And what could be more hellacious? Nothing. Nothing. Um, and I was going to throw this in real quick. What jumped out to me was, um, I thought about 2 Corinthians 4 and 17 and 18, where it says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And um, and it talks about, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And it hit me, I was like, okay, he endured the heaviest affliction of all, an eternal affliction. It should have been an eternal affliction for us, right, that he took, so that all of mine could be... Like light momentary. and momentary. Like think about that because that was supposed to be our affliction. And because of what he, because he took the heaviest eternal affliction from me, it, he can say, this is all light and momentary compared right. to the glory that's coming. And I'm like, I just thought that was really cool. Cause I'm that just thinking. Cool. I love that, when verses like, oh, I know when yeah. they like come together like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he took, he took the not so light affliction, <laughs> the heaviest affliction of all. Of all eternity, he took that so that I could have the light ones. And even when ours don't feel, ours can feel really heavy. We know that. Well, think about the heavy but, stuff. But, but that's when we, light. that's when yeah. we compare it. Right. Exactly. It's the, it's the comparison. It's that glory. It's that joy that's coming. Um, when we compare it to that, it it just there's no comparison. Which, so side note, it just take your worst, take the tragedy that you know about right now in your life. That's the worst thing you've ever heard. The absolute worst thing you think it's it's just your you can't even hardly deal with it right, y'all. He is and he's not making fun of it. He's calling that a light momentary affliction. If he can call that a light momentary affliction compared awesome. to what's coming, I'm just gonna probably go run a car off the bridge. I'm totally kidding. Let's just go gas our house. That's what we have coming. <laughs> if you can say that someone being tortured and killed here for your name is a light and momentary affliction when it compares to what is coming on the other side, I'm so excited. I can't even hardly talk about about how amazing that's gonna be, y'all. Like, it's gonna look is, back like we said and be that thing where we're like. Oh, that was just <laughs> oh that little thing. That was a sweet, but even better. We won't even look back because we won't. But like it'll remember. be like it'll be like it never happened. I think I think it'll just be. Well, everything will be made whole, so the things that are right. broken within us won't be broken anymore. And I don't even, even know that we'll recognize those things. You know, I'm sure we'll see His hand in our lives. But as far as ex- re-experiencing that pain that we felt, even if it is light momentary, I don't think we're not even going to feel that. All we're going to see is. His faithfulness, if if and when we look back on those moments. But that, I mean, if that doesn't just get you excited about what you're going through, I really don't know what it does because, I mean, we just have the most amazing future ahead of us, regardless of what we're going through right now. So, obviously, that is how it motivates us to endure. Um, 
our current situation. So let's, um, there were a few little scriptures here that kind of all tied into each other. Lamentations 326, uh, Psalm 37, 7, and Psalm 46, 10. If, would someone mind doing Lamentations 326? I'll do 46, Psalm 46. Well, you can probably know that by heart. You yeah, still, yeah. But, um, Psalm 37, 7. What do y'all want to do? I'll do 37, 7. Okay. What are you doing, Amy? Mm-hmm. Who is doing Lamentations? Will you do Lamentations 326? I'll start with Psalm 7. Okay, yeah. Let's go ahead. Okay. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. So be still and wait patiently for him. Okay, Rachel, you want to do Psalm 4610? Uh, yes, he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm trying to That's okay. That. I got there today and now I can't remember. You want me to pull I'm sure Rachel's handy-dandy Google on her phone. I'm not Googling. I'm Bible-apping it. <laughs> it's Bible app. Lamentations 320. I'll read it. I got it right here. It's like um, stuck in Okay, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Short and sweet. One of them, one of the translations had, um, it is good that one should wait, should hope and wait quietly. It had both like words. Yeah, I like that. that Mine said silently, like just. Let me see what KJV said. Silently? Silently. Yeah, KJV said um, a man should hope and, and quietly wait. Yes, that's the one I was can I just throw y'all uh I have to there was a verse this morning when I was going over all of this for today I have to read because this just goes right into this I think this is one of the most amazing verses to me it is so comforting Psalm 131 2 I have calmed and quieted myself I am like a weaned child with its mother like a weaned child I am content so you think a weaned mo- mother... Is that Psalm 126? 131. 131. So that means... Think of a weaned child as a child that's not breastfeeding anymore. So that would mean they don't cry all the time. Like a weaned, content child that is a little bit more mature, a little bit older. And, and that feeling of being in mom's arms. And he's just waiting quietly and calmly with his mother. Mm-hmm. And he's content right there in his mother's arms. And we think about ourselves being in, in God's arms that way. Y'all, I just love that. That physical great. or that visual that I get from that. So how does he say we're supposed to wait according to these verses? What is he saying? What were the qualities we saw in these verses? Rest, quiet, stillness, patience. Right. Without fret. Be still with that. So cease striving. Be still quietly, patiently, um, calmly. With hope. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're just sitting there with with um, hopeful expectation, mm-hmm. calmly and quietly being still before God. So on number nine, it says, what do you think it means to be still? Let's see striving. That's what I've put. That's yeah. what I've put. Let go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because when you're doing, doing, being still means the opposite is doing something. Right. And mm-hmm. when we're doing something because of something we're going through, we're striving to do something about it. And it's like the opposite. I think it's just... And I also, I looked it up and it said um, the biblical word like about be still is relax. And then you know what I, th- I thought about too is Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing when somebody will say, be careful for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like relax. Don't even, when it's like, don't even be careful. You don't have to be careful for anything. Like yeah. it's that posture of just trust and surrender 
where it's like that's a hard. I don't so have hard to because we're this. We're told. I mean, I'm always striving. I feel like I'm striving the minute I hear it. I'm like Google, <laughs> call the next person. Let's tackle this. It's like wow, so much for being still. That last like well, point this pop seconds. something pops up. I need. I have to. I need to handle it. I need right. to handle it. And like. Sometimes, then when you exhaust everything, it's like, okay. I guess I'll come to you. But sometimes, exactly. and sometimes, y'all, we do need to handle it to a certain degree. But I think our first instinct should thing, be. thing we need to do is go to God with it. And right. then see if he wants us to handle it in some way. Instead of just immediately being like, okay, apply. I need to fix this. Like, you do everything else. Like, let's just go into fix it mode. And, you know, that's, I mean, that's how I, I will say I can look back over the past few years. Like, especially family situations. Things that I'm like, used to be like oh my gosh, you know, we got to deal with this and like just digging in, trying to, you know, research and understand every aspect of it so I can make sure we're not, you know, just that we can handle it right. Um, and now I'm like, eh. well, like I, and I'm proud of it. I thought about that last night. I'm like, now I'm just kind of like, you know, it, I, we call it hippie mode. Me and Seth call it hippie mode. I'm not kidding. Like we're like, one day we said, this thing popped up with a family situation on his on the way down to the beach um, for his birthday, which he ended up getting a stomach virus and the whole weekend was ruined anyway. That was funny. But thanks for the giveaway there. We had something pop up that was just like meant to hurt to take our peace for that weekend, you know. And we're like, I said, dude, I literally I was like, dude, we're just gonna be hippies this weekend. Who cares, man? Like, let it go. Like, God's got this. We're I'm gonna enjoy this freaking weekend. Like, I'm gonna enjoy it, and I'm not gonna let. It was the, it, we just have to adopt the attitude of like, y'all, I mean, God's already, he already knows the outcome. Like, it's we his that. Like, we do. Yeah. We don't have to go into wheel spinning because normally right. I'd be like ruminating, like, okay. And I was just like, no, I'm going to go down there and enjoy my day on the boat before my hum- husband starts vomiting that night. <laughs> and, Becca. and all my kids. And everybody in our beach house. But that's okay. <laughs> you know what's interesting too is like, Y'all, I've told you that word. I'm not going to go into it because it makes me cry and it takes too long. But one time God gave me a word when I was going through a really, really bad time. He literally gave me a word, the word Rafa. And Rafa is the Hebrew for what be still means in Psalm 4610. Mm-hmm. And the definition, we know that God, the Jehovah Rafa, the God who heals, right? But Rafa, the word means all, be still, cease, cease striving, like y'all said. Mm-hmm. Let go, relax. Um, and y'all, that word, he gave that to me one time. And y'all, everything I had been striving for, it's like I literally, it was so clear that he said it to me that I just went, poof, went to Disney World and ate everything I had been not eating for three months. <laughs> and I was, you know, lysawing my house for mold and wearing face masks. And I was like, <laughs> then I just started eating moldy foods. I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm letting go. And I haven't looked back. But it was amazing because it was literally like I just went all that control that I was all the grasping. I just went and every time my brain would start to want to control again or I'd want to, you know, take over, I would just Rafa, Rafa. I would say it to myself over and over again. So that's my word when my brain starts going crazy. That's the word that I say to steer myself back to the word that he gave me saying, Becca, stop, stop, like just quit, relax, breathe, let go. I've got this. And it's just... It's a cool word to adopt into your language if you need to, or just to say, be still. When your brain starts getting crazy, be still. Um, so all of this sounds really great, right? <laughs> so let's look at number 10 and let's get realistic here. Uh, how can you practice waiting patiently before him during hard times? Because we all are talking about this now, but something will strike one of us by the end of this day, hopefully not before we leave. And <laughs> then we're going to be like, 
you know, going through that whole thing, how can we practice this, y'all? How can we make this practical to wait patiently and quietly and to be still before him? What does that look like? Well, unfortunately, you have to go through a trial for you to be able to start practicing. (laughs) Not true. Right? Okay? And so we need to start looking towards it with joy that we're going to go through this. And then what's our first reaction? And I know since joining this group, one of the things that you guys have encouraged me to do is be still. And so when I'm just fed up with something that's going on and I'm ruminating, I'm going over and over in my mind how I'm going to solve this problem. Just me. Nobody else knows how to solve this problem. Just me. <laughs> I have literally sat or stood in that kitchen and just been like, stand still. I probably look, you know, stupid from the window, people walking by and just standing there like, stop still. And that's yeah. one of the things that's helped me. It's been like, I don't need this answer right now. Yeah. I can wait on him. Right. And sure enough, he comes through. It may not be in the next five minutes. It might not be in the next five weeks. But he comes through. And that's what he's been showing me in, in very small trials. And I'm sure that it's leading up to anything that's going to be big in my life. But just to stand still right. or sit still, whatever you're doing, stop. To stop. Literally to physically stop. It is, yeah. And that is an action in itself. It really is. Yeah, I want to, when everybody else gets done, I want to tie that in because the physical part, because I kind of had an aha moment. Okay. Do the other part. Don't forget to do so. Is there, before we get to Rachel's aha moment, does anybody Mm. have any other practical disciplines for being still? I think our visualizations, our morning Uh. routines, if that isn't being still, I don't really know what is. I think to do the breath work first thing in the morning, and even if you're not. Still in my lines. Okay. What is it? Oh, is that your line? Okay, I won't tell Richard. No, no, no. I'm kidding. Starting off with that, and then going into visualizations, or at least uh, putting on some worship music, quieting your mind, focusing on His Word, focusing on prayer, doing the four-part prayer, where you're really zoned in on what you're doing. To me, y'all, I am worthless without it. Mm -hmm. I am truly horrible to be around. Having um, a scripture that whatever you're going through or like your mantra. Yeah. Yeah. And just like yours is be still whatever it may be for that. Reciting that instead of the playing out the whole oh, yeah. film of how terrible this situation is going to be or mm, yeah. I'm when I'm pretty simplistic. <laughs> so I'm so glad Angela that you brought up the whole thing about having a word for the year and praying about it. So now if you're just simply going, okay, be still that one word. And that can that grounds me because mm-hmm. I know what it is grounding. Is. Yeah, it's right. grounding, and so then you can move on from there. Seek him after that, right. or you know, seek him first. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. It's good to have that like foundational like principle for yourself, where you know it's just a general struggle area for you, and just to like it's a focus. It's a focal point. It and it's, it's a practice. It is because if you the more you do it more powerful like of a reaction you have to that just Changing bringing that, that word up it's again it's, it's point. training your brain up. power there's more power in it. yeah the more you do it strengthening that y'all ready it's really not that great um, but here was what i was thinking we always tend to th- um sometimes just spiritualize the be still which we do it is spiritual and we try to make it a mental thing but what like y'all both brought up amy but the physically you still, our noodle Sort, sort of, but I'm just saying, let's talk about how the mind and body feed off of each other, okay? I, I don't think that he's just saying be still mentally because we can't really be still mentally when we don't physically still our body. And so I was thinking, since our brain takes cues from our body too, we have to 
keep doing those disciplines that keep our body still. And that's a, that's a practice, right? So those spiritual disciplines of visualization and the breath work, which I know necess- isn't necessarily a spiritual discipline, but it kind of is at the same time. Um, I think God did create breath to bring us back to the, the moment breath. and his presence. Um, it's like pneuma that means breath of God. You know, it's like um, he's very much in the breath, I think. And I just think we need to remember that he's saying, when he says all these things about relax, stillness, He's not just talking about, okay, you're going about your day and you're just like, okay, I'm going to give it to him. Like, he's like, like Amy said, stop. Like, your body needs to be there too. Like, your body needs stillness. Rest. Sometimes you need rest. Like, we all know that we don't, like, nobody wants to stop. When you're having a rough, maybe when you're having, I don't know y'all, but when I've had like something pop up, I used to just go into panic fix it mode. And now I'm like, sometimes I grab my kids and we go in the bedroom and I put turn put my blackout curtains on, and we crawl up on the bed and turn my fireplace on, a little gas fireplace. I love it. Wrap up in a blanket, and we just be still. Like, we're still, and I rest. Like, I do that when I'm in panic, anxiety mode. And it's like I'm in a little cocoon, little salt. And I just imagine Jesus, like, laying there with me. Like, he's right there with us. And, like, I just don't want to leave out the importance of being still, learning to practice stillness in your body. Because... The brain and the body are constantly feeding off of each other. Your brain looks at your body and sees how it's moving and takes cues of, oh, am I in a safe place? Mm-hmm. Oh, am I am I in danger? Even the way you hold your shoulders, your brain is noticing. Am I in a, am, I, am I in a defense posture? Why must you be? Am so- I am I do if I'm relaxed, then my brain can re- if my body's relaxed, my brain can relax, and it's they're feeding off each other. So we have to be still in our mind and our body. We just learned that in our. I know. Our, our just a little psychobabble for y'all. Like, it's not. Well, we're just. We just it's learned completely the scientific. And, it's the way God made yeah. our bodies. It's amazing. Like our, our nervous soul. system. It's kind of aha because I'm like, you know what I'm saying? We can take be still to be like mind. Stop. But, but your mind like, can't stop if your body. Won't sometimes. Stop. Yes. That's a true thing. Yeah. And your body can't usually stop when your mind won't stop. It works both ways. It's, That's what exactly right. You know what I mean? It's a vicious cycle. It is of 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 feedback. So, and the last thing I want to say on that before we move on, y'all, I think a personal uh, confession here, one of the hardest parts of being still for me is, is distractions of technology, like my phone ringing, my phone, you know, somebody's calling or I've got to do this or um, just the distractions. I feel like sometimes like if nothing else, go shut your phone off, turn your phone off and go sit in a room by yourself, put it in another room, just remove yourself from everything distracting you. I think that's important because we are taught to be, we are chemically addicted to that thing. Um, and it's not, I love talking to my, to y'all and texting about this and, you know, me and Rachel texting and, and all of this. So you get, you get in this mode of just go and talk and sometimes you have to pull out, you know? And let's not leave out the fact though, just so every, there's some people that'll be like, I try to do this and it's hard, but when you haven't been practicing this, being easy. alone with yourself and your thoughts with no distractions, mm-hmm. by the way, can be utterly terrifying because of the thoughts. Thinking about it, really? Okay, when, and that's a real tell thing. Me to be yes. still, and I'm anxious. The f- I might want to go for a run. Mm-hmm. I want to be moving. You going to curl up in a blanket with a fire and not moving makes me feel anxious. <laughs> and I had to. There was a point where I could not she, even she sit. Even I, tell you this, house, okay. I couldn't even be in my house. I, if the second I would sit in a rocking chair and start breathing and focusing on my breath, I would be flooded 
with so many thoughts and terrifying feelings and emotions that I thought I was just being annihilated. Like every time that I was still. And that's, doesn't the devil just not want you to be, you know? Right. But I'll tell you something. I had to feel it all. You got to feel it to heal it, right? There were things that have been suppressed that I had, they had to come out. And I had to learn to feel, then go distract myself, and then come back to feel a little more. And then I, I, you can't do it all at once. It is a practice to learn to sit alone with yourself. I remember the psychologist said, true freedom is being able to sit alone in a room with your own thoughts. Oh. True that, okay? Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you, the day that I could finally do that, I was like, I'm okay. Like, I'm healed. Like, I know healing is an ongoing thing, but, like, from the anxiety I went through, like, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I used to could not be alone with my thoughts for one second, and now I actually am starting to enjoy alone quiet time again, like, wrapping up in the blanket. And I'm like, God, wow, we've come so far, you know? And I still have times where my nervous system is jacked up, and I don't, I don't want to be alone. Like, it's literally like a flood comes in the second my brain is not engaged in something else. That's what it is. It's just... It is, because our... It's the ability, like, wanting to go for a run, or, you know, wanting, oh, I'm bored, so I'm going to call somebody, or... Whatever it is, we. Well, I'm gonna go work, read a book, or I'm gonna go do this. I'm not hating on reading a book because that's what I love to do. But it's like our mind. We don't want to be. We don't want to be present. We don't want mm-hmm. to feel the feelings and think the things that we have been suppressing and putting Sometimes off for we so don't long. feel safe being present. Think about that. Yeah. Some for some of us growing up with chronic childhood trauma neglect or trauma of any kind, uh, the. Being in the present moment doesn't feel safe. We were not able to be present when we were children. We had to be hypervigilant all the time. And our nervous systems are still in that pattern of relating to the world where we are just always looking out and we don't know how to feel safe in the moment. So why would our brain put its guard down? When when we're present, it actually, our brain's like, oh, this Danger. is not safe. This doesn't feel safe to me. The last time I remember, my dad walked in and just, you know, whatever it was when you were little that you were feeling happy and present in the moment and something came in and interrupted it unexpectedly and 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 over time it traumatizes your brain like and and now you're still relating in that way and it's you have to retrain your brain that's all there is to it you literally have to retrain your nervous system think about it's like a machine that has learned a pattern we're still in those patterns from childhood and we have to retrain our brain in order to develop a new pattern of like relating in the world Cool? Which is a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah a whole yeah. other <laughs> workshop, which we will we need to do again. Yeah, because we all that's, that at the retreat. It's like, so good. Yeah, yeah we will. at our retreat, will. we yeah. will be talking about all this, and I'm excited about that. So let's close out, y'all, with um, Psalm 34. Four. Love Psalm 34. Got me through a bad year. I can read it because it's like the shortest, most everyone probably knows this verse of my heart. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. So. What did David do, y'all, when he was suffering? He sought the Lord by doing what? What's our what's our outlet to God? Crying out, prayer. cry out to him. Crying prayer. out prayer, yeah. right? Prayer, heartfelt prayer. So he sought God in prayer. And it said that he heard me. I love that. He, he hears. He hears. He hears. I love it's that. It's not like I said it and like, sorry, I'm offline today or I've got too many other people I'm dealing right. with right now. I'll get back to you. It's like he, his ears are open and attentive to our cry. Um, and then this to me is key right here, y'all. He delivered him from all of his fears. What do we notice about what he says here? He's, what is he delivering him from? Not from his, not, not the, the trouble, situation, right. the fear of the situation. Right. That's, that's very important. Sometimes that means putting us in a situation 
to face our fears because the only way out of fear is through Ooh. it. You can't get over a fear until you walk through the fear and show your brain that you're not scared anymore. Right. Literally, exposure is pretty much the only way to conquer a fear. Just saying. I'm going to go lay with a blanket. You, after this, room. you go, I want you to turn on your fireplace and wrap up in a blanket. blanket. You're afraid. I'm afraid, afraid of the rest. <laughs> no, you definitely challenge. Angela challenge. That is a challenge. We'll get back to you. Next you week need to, yeah. I need a phone call later to see how this went. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so true. So I just, I think this verse is a great way just to, at this point, we're going to have so much other uh, valuable information as we do these next studies. But I just feel like ending today with just, you know, we seek him in prayer. And y'all, he he's, doesn't deliver us in our timing. He deli- Sometimes he delivers us. Sometimes it's an acute delivery, a right then and there, like a transformative. Like when Amy ran through my house and hugged me. And in that moment, God just delivered me from my fears. In that moment, just through that healing touch through a believer. Then there is a gradual healing, like Rachel with her anxiety. Um, you know, it was over a course of a couple of years that she saw that improvement and he made him, showed himself faithful along the little steps that led up to a full restoring kind of healing. Not obviously, nothing is complete the side of heaven, but she's whole. She mm-hmm. is. And then so we have, um, and then we just have, y'all, there are situations <laughs> where we don't get delivered the side of heaven. Mm. He does say that he, he is the God. He does heal. Um, but that healing sometimes comes after life here. And this life, we know that in this world, like we said, we will have trouble and we're always going to have something. Um, so we're never going to escape without trouble. We, we're ridiculous to think that there's ever going to be, that we're ever just going to be scotch-free because that's not a fallen, that's not how it is in a fallen world. But we know that he will deliver us from that fear, right? And honestly, y'all, it's not the circumstance that I can't deal with. It's the fear of it. Yeah. It's, heck, it's the That's fear told, of being afraid. I told the dentist that today. He was like, what is it you're scared of? And I said, and he goes, is it about the uh, the shot or this? And I said, dude, I'm, I'm, not, I said, I'm not scared. I'm not scared of anything that's going to happen today. I'm scared of the fear I'm going to feel about this happening. And he's like, you're, and I said, it's always fear of fear. It's never about the thing that we think it's we're not. fearing. It's about it's feeling we, won't the, hand, we, we don't want to feel it. the anxiety. Right. It's the fear of the fear that's terrible. It's the emotion. It really is. And so, y'all, he promises. I mean, it, he says here that he will deliver us from that fear. Because we know God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so, we can always cry out to him and whatever we're suffering through. And ask him, please. Uh, and I honestly, it's natural for me to pray this way. And it wasn't five years ago. I don't ever honestly ask God, please, God, pull me out of this. I'm like, Lord, help me to not be afraid. Let your love cast out all my fear perfect me in your love help me to trust you enough to endure this because i know that this if it's not this thing it's something else and that's just the reality mm. so number 12 who are you who or what are you truly seeking to calm your fears we could have a moment of uh, honesty brutal honesty here if anybody wants to throw it in. i already know i can't trust anybody so god's alone I'm, at this point, I'm kidding i'm kidding but it, like everyone else has already failed me so I'm, I'm kidding again but i didn't say necessarily who or what what yeah. is your what is your response mechanism to suffering when something happens to you what is your automatic response who do you turn to what do you turn to is anybody gonna admit to anything besides god here because if y'all want me to start <laughs> i'm trying to think angela amy oh, <laughs> anybody like, distraction you know, distraction i know it's distraction that's for me yeah. yeah it's distraction and god at this point god's already been like rachel how many times do you have to learn the lesson it's me you need to go to so i've just it's been such a hard past five years that i'm like 
I really am in the place where God is like, I'm like, I already know you're my only hope in this. Like, let's just go ahead. I'm going to just take it to God because nobody else can rescue me. Like I, I used to be like, Becca will be my safe person. And then my husband will be my safe person. And my kids made me feel safe. And now I'm like, I know that's all going to disappoint. Like that is not going to work. Like God is, he's it. I just know he's it. Like at this point in my life, I, I know that, but I still do. It's the distraction piece. And so I do try to notice when I'm distracting more. Um, and I'll feel that kind of like jacked up feeling when I'm going through my phone. I'm like, I'm like, scroll, 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 scroll. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, stop. Like you, when I start shopping a lot, when I don't even have any money, that's when I know that I'm distracting. And I'm like, I really do take a step back. Like, oh, a Black Friday got me. That started a whole big thing for me. <laughs> and like for weeks, and I was like, God's like, stop. And I just had to, like, I had stopped doing my, like, quiet time as much, too. And I had to just, like, put the phone away and be like, okay, God, like, Reset. I do not want something else bad to happen for me to be like, oh, why did I, you know, I'm right. always like, just stay close to God instead of just waiting for something to happen to where you're just run back. That's how it is, though, isn't it? Anybody else have any uh, uh, confessions? I'm sure how you about your own intellect? Anybody? That's me. Addic- like, I sure. used to be addicted to my addicted reasoning. Addicted to my own knowledge. I gave that up, too, about two years ago. I'm like, oh, I have a weird symptom. I know this. This is what's wrong with me. And then I go down a rabbit hole of 30 medical journals. And, you know, this. what is this doctor's opinion on this? Blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, before you know it, I'm in just this whirlwind of rabbit holes trying to solve my own problems. And in the midst of solving them, I've, cre- I've realized I have five other diseases. And I'm like, well, that's definitely. I came in with one, I left with six. That's exactly right. You take out one, the bad demon, you bring in seven, right? That's me. Yeah, that's me. The problem is with me is like what my anxiety has now become. There's nothing concrete. Like mine used to be hell, but it's not anymore. Now mine's just like that. Sometimes I just feel crazy because my thoughts are so scattered, and there's no way to like research and like confirm anything. So I'm just stuck with it. Like I can't look up answers. Well, it's probably probably that way. God's like, I'm weaning you. Right. I'm weaning you off your... <laughs> you got nothing. Your research. I remember the day in the bathroom, he was like, Lean stop on leaning your on your own understanding. You're addicted to reason, Rachel. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, I really am addicted to reason. Like, I try to figure everything out and figure everyone out. And the truth is... Y'all are like, nutrition people. I have a that feeling. That makes your brain crazy. It makes your brain crazy. I've realized... Have y'all ever... And you're like... Yeah. I know y'all can't see me over the phone, but I'm shaking my head like I'm crazy. <laughs> and you're just like scrolling and you're like... And I had to like, I haven't done that, Becca. High five. So proud. So many years. Okay, two. Two. What's that sweet for you? We all enjoyed this very much. And um, thank you all for listening if you got through it. Hopefully we were slightly entertaining. And we will see you all next week. And I'm just going to say a quick prayer to close this out. Father, we just thank you so much um, for your word, um, for the truth that it gives us and how comforting it is to our souls, Lord. I just pray that you would... um, everyone listening and for everyone sitting here, Lord, that you would just encompass us with your joy, um, that you would help us to sit down and just uh, really focus on what you did for us on the cross and not just the cross, Lord, but your entire 33 years um, on this earth that you walked a human life um, in humility for us, that you left your kingdom for a lowly position here just so that you could go and die on a cross and have to pay for our sins, Lord. And if that doesn't humble us and just... um, motivate us to endure. I don't know what will, Lord, because you gave everything up for us. And um, we were the joy that was set before you. And what a 
what a blessing and just how precious is that, that you saw us as that joy, that we were worth it to you. Even if it was just one of us, Lord, if there was no one else on the earth, but one of us here, you would have done that, Lord. And because of that, that, that makes us endure. And there's nothing here that's too hard that we can't go through knowing that you are suffering right alongside with us or that you have felt all of those feelings of rejection and abandonment and pain and mental anguish or that um, you have sweat tears of blood on our behalf that you have felt things that um, we'll never have to feel because of what you did and just let that move us lord let it solidify our hearts and establish us in our faith lord and in our love for you and just in our reverence for what you did for us and we just thank you so much for your word that's alive and active. And we just ask that you would bless every person that listens to this and just help this to take deep root in their hearts and for it to not um, not to be thrown out, Lord, but that it would really um, ground them and that it would really just transform an area of their lives where they're struggling and suffering. We love you so much. Amen. Amen. Amen.